What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Every day on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, we discuss faith, spirituality, and the realms of paranormal. Today is no different. Happy Sunday morning, everybody. I hope you're having a beautiful day. I know I am. Just got done with a little meditation, got some hot coffee here. Today, we're going to talk about Jesus' most rejected teachings and how they will change you. Now, uh, fair warning, these are not canonical scriptures, meaning they did not make the ultimate cut of the canonical Bible. However, I'm going to show you today exactly how that is not necessarily a bad thing and how these teachings can personally help you on your spiritual journey. This is not a religious channel whatsoever. I am not here to sell anyone any version of religion or faith tradition. I respect all different ones. I am personally deconstructed myself. So everything here today is in love and light. Um, again, not trying to uh, sway anyone to any side or another side. This is merely an exploration daily of faith, spirituality, and the realms of paranormal and how all things might fit together through my personal point of view. So uh, if you disagree with that, totally respect that. If you agree with that, totally respect that. Let me know in the comments in a kind and respectful way. We can have an awesome discussion about it as we get through the program today. So as you guys are joining, um, I can answer live over here on Facebook, on YouTube. We're on Twitter as well. What is up, honeybee? How are you doing, my friend? Uh, we're over here on TikTok. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We got all kinds of different devices here. So as I look around to multiple cameras, bear with me, but I promise I'll get to your question or comment uh, as we go today. So Newton, how are you doing? Honeybee, thanks for being here. Yaya, thanks for joining. Noak, thanks for being here. I hope I said your name right. Um, so what I'm going to get into today is uh, directly out of the Gnostic scriptures. Now, um, we're going to talk a little bit about what the Gnostic scriptures are. <clears throat> I'm going to strip things back a little bit because uh, we've got a lot of new people in the community, a lot of new followers, and I know not everybody is familiar with the term Gnostic or Gnosticism or the Gospel of Thomas. Now, you may have heard of it running around on the interwebs before, but I'm going to explain it a little bit better today than I have before, hopefully, and give everybody kind of a crash course in what Gospel of Thomas is. So first off, Gospel of Thomas is considered a Gnostic scripture. The word Gnostic comes from Gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S, G-N-O-S-I-S. Uh, and so Gnostic is spelled G-N-O-S-T-I-C, Gnostic. Now, early, early on in church history, uh, there is a work called Adversus Heresis, which is um, a Christian theological work written in Greek in about 180 by Irenaeus, the Bishop of Lugdum. Uh, I hope I said that right. So Irenaeus was a Greek bishop noted for his role in guiding and expanding Christian communities in southern regions of present-day France and more widely for development of Christian theology by combating heredox or Gnostic interpretations of scripture as heresy. Okay, so what is the definition of heresy? The definition of heresy is something that does not agree with the commonly held belief of the Christian church as a whole. So 
from here on out, everything I'm going to talk about today is considered heretical, okay? Doesn't mean it's bad, by the way. Uh, it doesn't mean it's evil. doesn't mean anything other than it doesn't have the stamp of approval by the official canonical doctrinal church, if you will. And personally, um, I am no longer a part of the church. I grew up in a Christian church tradition um, and have been a part of a Christian church tradition for 30 plus years of my life. Um, so I've personally left the church almost two years now, um, and I'm not planning on going back. Um, no offense against it whatsoever, but I had too many questions, too many thoughts, too many ideas uh, that I need to explore. I need to... Um, develop my own system of spirituality. I need to experience uh, God personally rather than through some set of text that is an approved set. So, um, and with that said, I have gone on an incredible journey and, and I'm still on an incredible journey and will be for the rest of my life as we all should be in my humble opinion of studying everything from Gnosticism to the Bhagavad Gita and ancient mystic Hindu traditions, um, to studying uh, metaphysics, to um, we've I've gone through Buddhism here. We've, we're going through some Norse mythology very soon. We've gotten deep into the Sumerian tablets here on the show. So if you like that kind of thing, you're in the right place. Drop some love in the comments. I appreciate you. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate you, man, with the strong arms. I love it, brother. Thank you so much. Um, and so you're in the right place because I love to ask questions and I'm not, I'm not attached to getting an answer. Uh, a lot of people come across my channel. I'm going to bring the energy back today. Um, and, and really just get deeper into what I personally practice here. A lot of people ask, what do you believe cub? What do you, you know, uh, what's your religion? What's your doctrine guys? I don't have one. I don't have one. And I'm okay with that. People all the time are trying to come in. Oh, you should come over here, convert to this, convert. Guys, I'd, I've been there. I'm not looking for any other prescription of belief systems. Um, I am a sojourner, okay? I am a spiritual wanderer, and I want to experience all kinds of different things. Um, I've had people warn me, you know, in the church, that's doctrine of demons, and you're going to catch a demon that way, and that's how you sell your soul and blah, blah, blah. And guys, I haven't experienced any of that. Um, I've experienced some crazy supernatural things, absolutely. Uh, but I haven't experienced any of that. I believe I have protection. I believe that I am following the essence of what people like Jesus, Buddha, Krishna actually taught about yoking yourself with the supreme being, um, embodying the Brahman, if you will, um, and ultimately becoming uh, a part of God, a part of that light body, a part of that actual energetic network of consciousness that we like to call God, uh, but is represented beautifully in father, mother, and child, aka the origin of the Trinity, um, because it's all about balance. It's about divine masculine, divine feminine, and the self being the child of that. Um, and of course, later on in church history, that it was changed to Father, Son, Holy Spirit to be a divine masculine trinity. Um, and then the feminine aspect was completely stripped out of it. So Isaac says, I love this. Thank you, Isaac. I appreciate you being here. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, hit up my channel for some love. I appreciate that. Um, I'm also on YouTube. YouTube is a great, great place to go and find a lot of my stuff all organized. Um, my different playlists. I'm always trying to make it more organized over there. Um, you can also search by 
uh, everything there. So um, if you're looking for something specific, you can search over there. Um, and I drop a lot of content, guys. I drop short videos, long videos, super long live streams like this one. Um, this is interactive, so uh, I'm not just trying to spitball the whole time. I, I try to get in this mode of flow and channel uh, a beautiful message and uh, hopefully have great conversations with people. Well, what if God was a woman? Uh, what was more woman than man? Absolutely. I mean, that's the, the question of the age, right? Uh, the divine feminine of God has completely been lost. And a lot of traditions, it was the divine mother that was actually the Godhead, and then the father and the child uh, set under that. And so however you choose to practice it, by the way, I don't think it offends God. Because uh, for me, God is a quantum intelligence. God is the wave, the energy, and the particle, the light particle, uh, represented in three parts. Um, finally, the lower vibration of our material realm here that we experience every day. Uh, by the way, the biggest key to manifesting in my experience that most people miss, everybody wants to manifest. Uh, you have people within the modern Christian evangelical traditions and they they get into manifesting. They don't understand why it's not working. Um, well, you've got to have feminine and masculine of that because you have to receive the power you have to give the power you have to have both of that cycle right it's all about that balance and we just totally missed that so uh yeah even the queens back in time held a lot of power absolutely timothy absolutely so kenny says visuals and haircut looking clean today thank you brother i appreciate that raymond says cub had a question about uh what you knew about the book of the war of the lord i have not even heard of that personally and i don't know if that's gnostic or not it may be in the gnostic bible i'm working on reading the whole thing um again i'm not necessarily a gnostic here i'm not here to sell you gnosticism or anything like that or be some sort of evangelical um you know face for gnosticism here i don't really care what you know you identify as you can identify as uh, Church of the Holy Lizard. I don't care. Um, as long as you're actively seeking and you're authentic about your walk of faith and life, um, I think that more people need to be authentic about that uh, rather than, well, this is clearly the one way. You know, well, there's, you know, what, 8 billion people on the planet. I don't think there's one way, guys. I think everybody's journey is personal. Everybody's experience with the divine is personal. And just to say that publicly is scary, right? Because there's a lot of people that don't, they're not comfortable detaching from the system they've been given or that that comforted them or got them through dot, 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 or whatever that was. And I don't want to discount all the real phenomena people experience. But as we talked about on our call, we have a private group. I'll talk more about that later. We had a call yesterday on Zoom. These normally last for an hour or two. Um, every weekend. And one of the things we talked about is, you know, why do some people receive messages from the Galactic Federation? Some people receive messages from angels. Some people receive messages from God or Jesus or Buddha or Krishna or whatever. It's because God being a quantum neutral uh, intelligence um, that is energy wave and then particle communicates through whatever language or substratum we have. If you spoke the language of Zorok or whatever on another planet, you would know things through that culture or that language, right? And, and then you would have a subset of esoteric doctrine that would get built up. You might have subsets of esoteric doctrine all over that planet, just like we do on this one, that people would then turn into literal interpretations and go to war over and argue over for millennia, right? 
Uh, and I'm not even talking about the modern conflicts right now. Um, I don't want to get into that because I don't even have commentary on that, guys. Um, I believe in love and light. I believe in loving your neighbor as yourself. And that includes loving yourself. And if you don't love yourself, it's really easy to go against your neighbor, right? Because you're always against yourself. You don't even know how to love yourself because you don't. You can't even win because you're always self-sabotaging. How do you trust yourself? How do you how do you trust your neighbor if you can't trust yourself, right? Um, so that's kind of where I'm getting at today. So again, this has nothing to do with modern things that are going on. If you want to apply it to that, that's up to you. But my point is. This is why people throughout history have said, this is this, that is that, dogma, doctrine. Guys, you know I'm all about uh, collecting the data. You know I'm all about, I would rather be real than right. That's been my tagline since day one of this podcast. Here we are on episode 357 now. So for me, it's super, super important just to get really authentic about this, like really down and dirty authentic of like, you know, hey, uh, everything's off the table. We got to take, we got to take hell off the table. We got to take eternal uh, punishment off the table. We got to understand that um, if any of this is even real and you're not in a dream, then what is actually going on here as far as Earth being a soul trap with reincarnation? Because we know energy can neither be created nor destroyed. So is it really that far off, even in a modern scientific age, to? Uh, think that maybe our energy is transmuted into another body or into another biological computer after it leaves a certain body. No, that is not crazy to think. I, I personally don't think so. Um, let's see. Yeah, balance wasn't always off here. Absolutely, Aaron. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and if you have that article, shoot me uh, a message over here on TikTok. I'd love to read that. Thank you very much. Bob, thank you for the follow. Appreciate you, my friend. Uh, Honeybee, thanks for sharing the live. I appreciate that. We're already up to 2,000 likes. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Aaron, I would love to read it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, there's the Gnostic Bible on the screen. That's my Amazon page. If you guys want to grab that, you can get it over on my Amazon. Uh, you can also hit up CubKuker, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. Just like my name, babybearcooker.com, CubKuker.com. Com. That's me. Uh, that's my official website. Um, you can go click over to that. And at the very bottom of it, or very, very close to the bottom of it is an Amazon uh, link and you can hit that up. I've got all of my recommended spiritual texts. Um, I'm all about you guys watching my show. I love that you watch my show. I love that you watch other YouTubers and TikTokers and all the stuff. But guys, the number one way, the reason I get all these downloads and stuff is I, I'm studying all the time, not scholarly, but I'm looking for gold nuggets. I'll buy a whole book like this. I don't care if this book is 30, 40, 50, $100. If there's a gold nugget in here that helps change my life and helps deepen my, my understanding of myself and improve my reality and the realities of people around me, guys, I'm all in on that book. So, um, if you well, you can't see on this camera, but I've got a big old bookshelf behind me with a ton of books on it, and I'm trying to get that filled up. And I want to fill it up as quick as possible, but I want to read everything in it as quick as possible. I don't just add books and look at them. Okay, osmosis via proximity. You know, you can't sleep on a book and download the information from it. Uh, you got to start reading it. You got to take some action, and then you're, you're going to have ideas that are triggered in your head. And so it's super important. 
read original works, original works. You know, I love commentary. All that stuff is great. But these original works, these Gnostic scriptures, a lot of these are out of like 60, 80, 50, 60, 70, AD. So you're talking like within 100 years of the life of Christ, like really, really close. Uh, some of the other works we have in the Bible were written upwards of three, 400 years after the life of Christ. So uh, we really, you know, to me, these are important, especially Gospel of Thomas. So go check that out. I just want to make sure you guys have access to knowledge besides me, besides me, because I can be wrong. Uh, I can give you my opinion, all of that stuff. Of course, any text can be wrong. And yes, these are other people's opinions as well. But I think there's there's some beautiful transcendent wisdom in them. So I highly recommend have your own copy, read it, know it, love it. Um, you know, use it up, dog ear it, whatever. Guys, I love books, but uh, I write in them, I mark in them. They should be used. You should be soaking that info into you, that gnosis. Okay. That's what that's why the word gnosis doesn't just mean knowledge. It's not like head knowledge. It's like I get it, like I embody. I embrace the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding of this text. And that's super important, no matter what you're reading. They don't teach you that in school, by the way. Um, let's see. We got some questions today. Um, okay. I only use the first Jewish English version. Yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Especially for your Old Testament or your Torah portions. Um, you know, you, you got to look at the Hebrew, right? If you're reading New Testament, you got to look at the Greek. Okay. You have to look at the Greek. If you can get a hold of any Aramaic and you can understand it, that's even better, right? But you got to look at things like Strong's. You cannot trust what's on the page, just the word in any translation of the Bible. You got to get deeper. You got to learn. You got to understand the etymology, which is the science of words, the study of those words. So very, very important. Um, a fresh French press and Cubs live podcast equals fire. Thank you so much, Kenny. I appreciate you. John says, hi, Cub. Uh, do you have a question for today? The question for today is we are getting into the Gnostic scriptures of gospel of Thomas and the rejected, uh, we're talking about how these are heretical, the rejected words of Jesus. If these are authentic words of Jesus, I think there's a really good chance they are. Um, you know, scholars debate it back and forth. You know, I think the consensus is fairly split. Um, and then especially when you get into the church tradition, the doctrinal church tradition, they are still considered heretical. Um, and, and that personally makes me want to look at them. That, that makes me want to read them. It's like, Hey, don't, don't look in that. Don't open that door. Right. You know, I'm, I was always the kid that would open that door. I wouldn't just open the door. I'd go in and, you know, have a party. Right. Um, you tell me, you know, don't, don't look under that, you know, your birthday presents over there under that sheet. Well, I would know what my birthday present was immediately. Cause I, I can't wait. I gotta know. I'm too curious. Um, and for me, that's awesome. So Manuel Lopez says the war in heaven, uh, was really a war in the sky with saucers. Um, this was the reality Manuel Lopez, man, I totally, totally agree with you. I talk a lot about ancient astronaut theory here. Right now we're deep into esotericism, so we're not doing a lot on ancient astronaut theory. We're talking more about like the esoteric, um, philosophical side of things, and even the magical side of things, because you know it kind of blends into that really easily. What's up, Molly? How are you doing, my friend? Molly says, "Good morning, Cub. I wish you uh, could get knowledge from sleeping on a book." Amen. Yeah, if that were if that worked, I would have a lot more knowledge because I fall asleep when I read. Actually, I read in bed. And I get through, you know, maybe a half a chapter and 
I'm out. So, you know, it's, it's pretty quick that way. Uh, that's how I put myself to sleep every night. So, uh, John says, thanks cub. Absolutely. My friend. Absolutely. Uh, Tony says, so weird. Me and the hubs were literally just talking about this, uh, and your book of Enoch. Oh, that's awesome. Tony. That is awesome. Yeah. D guys talk about this stuff, have conversations with husband, wifey, with uh daughters with uh sons with guys whoever uh these conversations should be had amongst loved ones okay there shouldn't be anything off the table there shouldn't be anything that's like no no no, we don't we don't look at that because that's heretical or whatever um if you're in a church that's telling you that guys i can't help you okay um uh, much love and respect but i'm just saying we should be able to ask questions. We should be able to ask questions. And, and the answer should not be, well, that's the word of God. Just trust it. Okay. I grew up with that for far too long. And then I found out that that was never the case. Um, and then when you find out how the Bible was canonized, then there's bigger questions. So let's get into who Irenaeus was. Um, so I talked about that. Rebecca says they think I'm crazy. Well, yeah, welcome to my world. So against heresies, um, was it, it, the longer title is on the detection and overthrow of the Gnostics of Gnosis of so-called Gnosis sometimes referred to by its Latin name as adversus heresis. Um, it's a work of Christian theology, blah, 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 written in the year 180 by Irenaeus. So, you know, you had all these schools of Gnosticism or what you would call, you know, later mystery schools, uh, Egypt had mystery schools, but they were teaching mysteries within these Gnostic um, collectives. Um, and a lot of the stuff I've looked into on Gnostics is they weren't, you know, it's not like they had a building and a church and a denomination and stuff like that. They largely had to, it was kind of an underground thing, right? You know, there was a lot of pressure from this early church because immediately, guys, we got to remember that the message of Jesus was immediately Romanized. Immediately, um, you know, even you have Paul, a Roman plant, right? I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people that love the Pauline writings, but go read the book of Acts and then read Gospel of Thomas. And you realize that Acts is directly addressing the idea that a person can have direct contact with God, that a person can have a spiritual experience and it doesn't matter if jesus was physical or not it doesn't matter if he was here or there if he was a light body or if he was an alien or whatever it doesn't matter because it's not about him it's about the message it's about your contacting god it's about you becoming the christ right that is again the most heretical message we can even talk about right now because you know whoa whoa, whoa. well you know what about the reason for the season what about Jesus as Lord and Savior? What about the crucifixion? Oh, so was his, you know, did he, was he unalived in vain? Well, you know, why, why are those the questions? Why are the questions not, why are there still homeless people when there's millions of churches in the country? Why is there still hunger? Why is there still uh, unsafe places for women who need a, need a place to go? Why uh, is there always a homeless person sleeping on the steps of a church? And they're rarely allowed in. And I'm not saying every church. I'm just saying as a whole, guys, um, as a whole, why are there still these problems in your cities when you can look around and look at how many churches there are and yet these problems still abound, okay? 
So why are we asking the questions of what about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus? Is that in vain? Why don't we just start actually doing what he said? Why don't we start living like he said, right? Um, Joshua says, yes, the book of Joshua was taken directly uh, from the book of Jasher. Yeah, I need to read the book of Jasher, man. Uh, thank you for reminding me because people mention that all the time. I've got to, got to, got to read that. Um, let's see, be, uh, because pop because polarity is necessary for balance and frequency determines reality. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I feel he existed, but he was a prophet turned ascended master. Yeah, I definitely can vibe with that. You know, if he existed, um, the entire idea of a Messiah for me has always been weird. I accepted it for a very long time. And this isn't against that anyone. Like every major religion has a messianic prophecy of some some form or fashion, right? And so for me, why why are we focusing on that? Why am, why am I looking for someone else to save me, okay? Uh, why am I not looking within myself to create a better reality for myself and others. And if more people did that, we wouldn't need a so-called savior, right? Well, what about original sin, Cub? Well, go read the Sumerian tablets as I've done probably a hundred videos on at this point, a hundred podcasts and probably a thousand videos on. And then you realize where the whole Garden of Eden story came from and it's not that simple, okay? There were multiple gods there walking with the creation of Adam and Eve. And then you start to ask yourself the question, well, wait a minute, if that happened, then then is this Genesis story even true? And why are we believing original sin and all of these things? You can go read the book, Original Sin is a Lie by my good buddy, Bob Peck. OriginalSinIsALie.com, I believe is his website. Uh, highly recommend that. If you're looking to deconstruct, that's a great place to start. I also have a full deconstruction uh, workshop inside my academy. If you guys are interested in that, I'll throw the QR code on the screen. You can join that. It's half price right now. I am closing enrollment very soon towards the end of this month. So you have a, a mere matter of days at this point, uh, counting down to, I am going to be closing enrollment and working within the community, updating some stuff, doing some more of that administrative work and really getting everything ready for the new year. So if you do want in and you want the half price, Hit up cubcooker.com right now. There's two membership levels. The second membership level has the academy attached to it. You're going to get the community, the Zoom calls, the chat, everything going on there. We've got a beautiful social media platform uh, that is not on social media. It's off of social media. It's, all, it's actually built on my own website. So it's a great place to have conversations in our private community. Uh, I'm not trying to be social media, but it's just a place for us to communicate uh, where you're not worried about mom, dad, pastor, all that stuff, you know, looking at what you're posting and sharing with others. So it's a great place. You guys go check that out, cubcooker.com. It supports everything I'm doing here on the channel. Um, and then ultimately, it's the only way I can really support you to go deeper with what I'm talking about here, help you look deeper within yourself, and ultimately connect you to an incredible community. Guys, we have a grassroots community, but it is growing rapidly. Uh, we're heading towards 300 members. We should be there hopefully by my birthday in March. That's my goal. So I'm so thankful, so excited. Thank you guys so much. Uh, don't miss out. Don't miss out getting it while you can um, at a really affordable price right now because you'll get locked into that. And if you want two months free, you can buy a year up front and I'll give you two months free on top of that discount. So 
um, it's, it'll save you even more money. So anyway, yeah, Dr. Nicholas Curtis, uh, that's where frequency determines reality for me. Let's see. What did Dr. Nicholas say? Uh, a God that creates it an eternal H E L L for his creation is the only one deserving of H E L L. Yeah. I, I, I mean, right. Right. Yeah. Matthew, the archons. Exactly. Exactly. So that's really where, um, you know, this this heretical thing, you know, Marcion um, was one of the early, early compilers of a biblical canon before we ever had the Romanized canon. Um, and he was going around teaching that Jesus was talking about a different spiritual father than the God of their time, day, place and age, a.k.a. the Old Testament God. And this is very controversial even today, right? Even today to think that well, Jesus was teaching about a different God, one that is not compatible with Old Testament teachings, one that actually he was saying was of a higher realm or reality and not the demiurge uh, creator gods of the Old Testament and the Mesopotamian and Babylon and really that whole subset of ancient Sumerian, Mesopotamian, uh, Akkadian, Babylonian myths, right? Uh, and whether you believe they're absolutely real or you believe they're mythology or you believe they're esoteric or whatever, that's neither here nor there. But again, and I think, you know, I, I've gone over multiple videos where I've shared that I personally believe he was speaking of, of a much different entity, uh, what I like to call the quantum God or what Gnosticism calls the monad or the one. Um, it's the highest spiritual entity unifying everything into one light and dark, um, yin and yang father, mother. Um, it is the one, right. And it's not, it's not embodied. It's not a physical thing. We all embody it. Um, it's what the Hindu would consider the Brahman. Um, it's what I think a lot of people that are practicing, uh, maybe even Christianity would consider god well god is this god is loving god is all pervading god is everywhere god god hears you in spirit like we understand that from the teachings of jesus but there's this mixed we're trying to ride two horses right like uh, even you know we, we're even taught that within the bible too that you can't ride two horses right um you can't serve two masters um and i know that was you know talking about one thing but you know we can extrapolate that into the understanding of you know, are we are we serving an angry, vengeful, jealous God or are we serving a loving God? And how is God this like dichotomy? Uh, you know, I've said in many, many podcasts, I said, you know, people have alcoholic uncles that are less bipolar than this God is. Right. Um, and so, you know, not to comment on anyone's family or mental health. That's not what this is about. But I'm just saying, at what point do we go? I can be a better God than that. Like, why are we just accepting what's been given to us and handed down rather than asking questions, recreating our experience of God and letting God come into our lives as a neutral, loving energy and energetic force within us that actually changes our reality rather than trying to put a stamp of this doctrine or that doctrine or this belief set, whatever on it, right? That That's how I get into it. So you guys have a lot of questions today, by the way. I'm going to read the first part of the Gospel of Thomas here. This is like, uh, I think this is Logion. I think it's Logion 3. Let me look. Um, no, this is Logion uh, 1, actually. 
Uh, no, Logion two. Sorry, uh, too many too many tabs open today. Not only in my brain, but on the screen. So Logion two. This is um, Jesus speaking here, and it says, uh, "Let him who seeks continue seeking until he finds." When he finds, he will be troubled. When he becomes troubled, he will be astonished and he will rule over the all. Now, you know, this can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But for me, I went through this process after 2020. I remember when all of that hit in 2020 and my whole world came crashing down and the whole world came crashing down. I went, this ain't real. This is insane. Uh, reality isn't even what we think. If, if this one event can shut down everything, uh, and this is not a political message, this has nothing to do with that guys. I, it was the trigger event in my life that made me question everything. And I went, it's all BS. It's all belief systems. That's what BS stands for in my dictionary. I went into a complete tailspin and started going through every belief system in my life. And I remember later in 2020, um, I got down literally on my knees in my garage and I was like, God, I'll give all of this up. I'm tired of the BS. I'm tired of the lies. I'm tired of not knowing. I'm tired of pretending like I know because I'm a part of some belief system that pretends to know that you know they have it all figured out and it's all through jesus or it's all through this or it's all through the church or whatever and i was like you know what i'm done i'm done i'll give all of this up i want to start my life's work and i was like father i don't know who you are i don't know what you are but i do want to know and i don't think you're what i've been told i think you're more what i've experienced since i was a kid and that is not always met up with what i'm told about you through these texts or these scripts these scriptures right um, thank you guys for watching. I appreciate you guys, um, on Instagram. We got, uh, more people popping on an Instagram now. So thank you guys. Appreciate y'all. Uh, yes to me, hundred percent. Joshua says, uh, does Jesus want to be worshiped? Matthew asks, uh, no, I don't think so at all. Like I literally don't think he ever wanted to be worshiped. Like he didn't, I mean, there's the event of like his feet being washed and stuff like that. Um, I think to serve someone is one thing. I think he was teaching service, right? But he also served, like he served very, very dearly, right? And so he showed complete equitable uh, attitude, equality, guys. And I talked about this the other day, the quote from Jesus where he says in the Bible, um, he says, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Well, there's a part of that that most people don't quote. And it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Well, but the word righteousness there, Jesus uses a very specific and different word than what righteousness means in the Old Testament. And what he uses there is a Greek word that actually means equity or equitable um, equality, um, impartiality to seek God's impartiality or equality. And then all of these things will be added to you. And so I believe what he was saying there. And in fact, the text directly says that you just don't know it from all 60 something different translations or 70 translations that are available out there. None of them use the word equitable. None of them use equality. They all put righteousness or be right with God. That is not what he's saying there. He did not say to be right with God. He said to see things as the true father, as the true mother, as the all, the monad, as 
uh, the quantum God, which is all things are equal. All people are equal. Being equitable and impartial in your judgments of everything. Um, and I don't mean judgments as in judgment. I mean, just when you view something, you, you look at your neighbor, you don't look at them and go, oh, well, they're not, they don't have my belief system. Maybe we can get them, you know, to go to our blah, blah, blah. Because that's how I was raised, right? No, no, no. You look at them and go, oh, that's beautiful. I love that they're Hindu. I love that they're agnostic. I love that they're atheists. Good for them. They're, you know, are, but they're, at least they're looking, they're looking into philosophy. They're looking into whatever, you know, because just to be an atheist doesn't even mean that you don't experience God. It just means a lot of times for a lot of people that you reject the idea of a sky daddy with a beard sitting on a cloud. Um, and rather maybe you are more into science and science has its own version of God, right? It's that unknown, the God particle. It's that whole subset of matter and dark matter and uh, particle and wave and energy and how does reality exist and uh, what is observed is different than what is not observed and there, and everything can exist in multiple states of reality, right? And it's like, the quantum world is so weird. It's like, that's so weird. Um, what if Jesus was merely talking about that? What if he was referring to the fact that reality itself is intelligent? And when you observe it, AKA God, when you observe God, it becomes that which you need. That would explain every different deity throughout every pantheon. Um, and break those words down, guys. I say words in, in weird ways to get everybody to think about pantheon, pantheos. Theos meaning supreme divinity. So you have these different systems of mythologies, and that includes even the Hebrew mythology of the Old Testament, something we don't ever talk about. They had a lot of different gods. Asherah, El Elyon, Yahweh, Baal, all kinds of different gods. And if you look at the Canaanite pantheon, you see exactly where all that came from. Then if you look at uh, Enki, Enlil, Anu, you go all the way back to Sumerian pantheon, then you see exactly where the Canaanite pantheon came from because it's all about these structures and hierarchies of different gods, demigods. Uh, sometimes demigods would be elevated to the higher gods, right? And it was all about ranks. Um, and if we understand the idea of tulpa or thought form and God being a quantum entity that when observed becomes something different or takes a different form, uh, Matthew says Yahweh was a dragon. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Certainly sounds like a dragon and it would make sense with G-O-D, great old dragon or guardians of the domain. Um, you know, Melissa's doing a really cool video. You guys go check out her stuff right now. Honeybee on here on TikTok's doing a really cool video on the connection between Yahweh and the divine feminine and, you know, kind of the struggle between that and the whole Yaldabaoth thing. Um, and again, um, this is all this all goes back to Irenaeus and against heresies um, because he was making a concerted effort to call out anyone that um, was having a direct God contact and saying that they had gnosis from God about anything. He's going, no, 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 it's this, right? So Tommy, what's up, brother? Tommy says that's also why anybody who remembers the fall from grace uh, as they would put it, in which the sun really is referred to as Luciferians, uh, as a rejection to society, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's another thing, the whole story of Christ, you know, whether it happened or not, you have the three days on the horizon where it appears to go into the underworld and stay, 
and then it starts rising again at the equinox, right? Like you have all of this stuff is essentially pagan uh, belief systems recycled. And don't take my word for that. Go look into it. Go understand the fact that the 12 apostles are the 12 zodiac signs. How does that work? Well, I've got a whole chart of that coming out for you guys this week. We're going to talk about each apostle and their zodiac sign and how all of this works together. And you have to understand the chakras, the zodiac signs. All of this stuff is esoteric. It's all allegorical, okay? If it really happened, it's still allegorical. One of the core principles, uh, whether you're looking into quantum manifesting or you're looking into Gnosticism or you're looking into Hermeticism is as above, so below. The yin and the yang. The macro is micro. The micro is macro. Everything that's happening here is happening there. Everything that's happening there is happening here. The whole idea of quantum entanglement is the idea that a single act you do on this planet here could affect a particle on the other side of the known universe and you just literally changed reality as a whole, okay? Quantum entanglement. Go look it up. Read some scholarly papers on it. Get get over your idea of, I'm not smart enough to understand this. Go learn the terminology. If you don't understand a word, copy it, paste it, plug it into Wikipedia, and go, hey, Wikipedia, what does this mean? Uh, if you don't understand it and, and it doesn't have an explanation, plug it into something like ChatGPT. Ask AI to help you with it. Um, we're at a point now where we can evolve quickly, we can ascend, we can gain gnosis of things we did not have before. Um, all of this energy, all of these light codes, all of these downloads, all of these inspirations and prophetic words, and all of these things are returning to humanity, whatever you want to call them. I just call them quantum information, okay? Nothing is ever truly lost. If everything on the planet perished as far as our knowledge bases. Um, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. Okay. And you can, you can remember this. We can return all information via the Akashic or what is considered the quantum knowledge base of the universe. Okay. Nothing is ever actually lost. In fact, everything we have now came from some prophet meditating or going on some sort of spirit journey and tapping into quantum realities, quantum intelligence, fractal beings, whatever you want to call them, uh, this neutral soup that becomes whatever we project upon it and whatever message comes through. We project images. We project all kinds of different things. Um, go look into things like DMT realms and stuff like that. So I'm not telling anybody to go do all that. I'm just saying this happens in your dreams. Why is it that people you know appear in your dreams? Well, because you know those people and somebody may appear to you in your dream. Uh, it could be mom, but it, maybe it's not really your mom. It's the archetype of mom. It's it's a mothering spirit coming to you, telling you something. Maybe it's not really your best friend. Maybe it's an archetype for, this is how I treat all friends or this is how all friends treat me or this is my issue with relationships or whatever. So we got to understand that neutral God sauce, as I call it. That's that's kind of my fancy term for the, the quantum God. It's God sauce. And you can put that sauce on whatever you want. You can spice up anything in your life with a little bit of God sauce. Um, and this is the, the least religious idea I've ever come up with. It's just stop, realize, stop and recognize that I'm going to I'm going to put a little God sauce on this and watch the magic happen. Right. Um, and that doesn't mean. Oh, Lord, outside of myself, I need this, blah, blah, blah. No, that means you're you're going within and you're like, you know, father, mother, 
Um, I honor, I love, and I respect the fact that I'm even a part of you, that I even have a life in me. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for every day on this planet. I'm so grateful for every breath in my lung. I'm so grateful that I have a spirit, a light body within me. I can feel it magnifying each day and getting closer to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Help me to embody the truth, the love, and the spirit of you today um, and reject anything that binds me in chains of agreement in any form or fashion and limits my power as a little G God under the Godhead of the quantum father, mother, and child. Um, and that's, that's my little, you know, new agey prayer for everybody, right? Um, new age gets a really bad rap, right? But what is new age? Well, new age is such a fluid belief system. You know, there's not one subset of it. And a lot of times the church will label anything that's mystical. Oh, that's new age. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sure. Yes, it is. Cause we need a new age. Okay. We need a brand new age guys. That's what I'm saying. Uh, when you pray, what word do you use? Uh, I just use father and mother, uh, because it's the archetype that I can connect to. It's the, even if you have a really bad father or mother, you can envision a healthy, loving, ideal father and mother. And so you project what you need on it. You can say, you know, um, there's a lot of people that pray to like, you know, different aliens of light or whatever, or fractal beings, you know, you can literally project whatever you want on it. There's a beautiful line in the Bhagavad Gita where Lord Krishna explains to Arjuna, um, which is the, uh, the character that you follow through, uh, the Bhagavad Gita. It's, it's taking place during a great battle. And he says that, you know, uh, bless basically, and I'm going to paraphrase basically blessed is the man who gives an image to God, but cursed is the man um, who has no image for God. Um, because basically, Matthew says, love you, Jacob. Thank you, Matthew. I appreciate it. You too, brother. Um, basically, what this to me means is like, it's not actually cursed. It's just, uh, if you don't have a way to construct God, you know, then you're not using it right. <laughs> it's like having, uh, you go... You know, guys, you go to you go to the hardware store, you buy a brand new drill and you keep it in the box um, and you're like, man, I can fix anything. But you never get that drill out of the box. That's that's why giving image to God, um, you know, and we're warned the Old Testament, you know, don't create these idols. Why? You know, we're told that they had no power, but maybe they actually did. Maybe this God was threatened by the fact that people were erecting these statues to other gods, giving other gods power or calling those other gods into this reality. Um, and so maybe, just maybe, there is a lot of power in how Jesus spoke of his father, his father. He's talking about his father was of a higher order. His father is not from around here. He used the word in Greek, oreos or oreinon, um, which was talking about sky, but it wasn't the physical sky. It was more like the aether, um, the substratum of air, basically saying God is, you know, every time you breathe in, he's within you. He's all around you, right? And and literally, we're going to read here, and I'm going to go ahead and read the text because I'm, got, you guys have a lot of great commentary today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, love the Sunday morning chats here. This is a good one. This is one of my favorite ones, guys. Um, I'm going to drop it in the comments here for everybody because this is so relevant to like our day and time now. Like we have to remember this. There is a version of this in the canonical gospels. That's why I like this one. 
because this this there is a variation of this nearly to a T in the canonical gospels. You can go look it up. Jesus said, if those who lead you say, see, the kingdom is in the sky, then the birds of the sky will precede you. If those who lead you say, look, it is in the sea, then the fish will precede you. Rather, the kingdom is inside of you and it is outside of you. When you come to know yourself, then you will become known and you will realize that it is you who are the sons of the living father. But if you will not know yourselves, then you dwell in poverty and it is you who are that poverty. Like, wow, guys. I mean, come on. That's that's so wild to me. Um, again, the first part of that is in the canonical scriptures. That's why I love Gospel of Thomas because it seems so relevant and it seems so plausible that Gospel of Thomas is the actual teachings of Jesus and the narrative you could go in and take those teachings out and then spin the narrative, the hearsay, the lore, the mythos, if you will, around who Jesus was. Oh, yeah, he was born in Galilee. Oh, yeah. Or no, he was born in, uh, you know, he's from Nazareth. You know, he was born in Bethlehem. And, uh, you know, there was a star over that. Because remember the star prophecy, like, you know, we know he was the Messiah because the, you know, there's this chart online that I, I just always chuckle at when I see it. And it's all the connections in the Bible. And it has like these little rainbow grids over it connecting. And it's like, there's over 1 million, blah, 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 you know, connections in the Bible. Of course there are. Of course there are. They knew the prophecies. Rome knew the prophecies. You know, people painstakingly picked what went in the Bible. Like, like that's not a secret, guys. Um we can assume that was guided by God, um, or we can assume that God has information and love and intelligence and gnosis for all of us at any point, whether we've ever been a part of a church or a religious tradition or anything, that uh, he's not trying to reach you with a, a certain message. He's trying to reach you with a personal message. Why is it that you know some people wake up and they go, I know God is a woman. Well, yeah, God is a woman. I know God is a man. Yeah, God is a man. <clears throat> you know, all of these different things, all of these revelations, right? Um, so it's really important for me to have direct God contact. I'm not interested in what a pastor says. I'm not interested in what a tradition says. I'm not interested in some prescribed prayer. I'm interested in meditation and yoke and yogaing myself with the divine source of God every single day every single day. I think that's the most important thing to what I do is direct God contact every day. I do it every single morning. If I miss a morning, I promise you, we I don't have great live streams. I don't have great content because it's literally those moments when I'm able to shut down the biological computer, all of the things that I experience here and just put myself in this moment. And every time I'm in this moment, it takes me back to childhood. It takes me back to a place when anything could happen and the days were long and life was beautiful and everything was just in the singular moment. And I can do that every single day and trigger it every single day in myself. And the more you practice, the more you find this power within you that you did not know was there. And the less other people can tell you that that doesn't exist because you just know it does. 
Mindy, what is up, my friend? Mindy says, uh, it says that there uh, is one sin that is unforgivable, and it's to deny the Holy Spirit is the source of... Uh, I don't know where the rest of your comment with went. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I talked about the other day, the unforgivable sin. What is the Holy Spirit? It's the Holy Mother. Hello. Like, we've totally missed that. Um it's literally the one line in the Bible. It's like, don't talk back to mom. Like, don't ignore the Holy Spirit, the guide within you. Because if you ignore that guide within you, then that is unforgivable. Like, you're you're going to find yourself out of vibration with God. Um, and we can actually look that up. Let's see. Unforgivable sin. Because uh, everybody's so worried. What is What is the eternal sin? Uh, it's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. So let's look it up in which I'm going to look it up in Mark. Um, because I like Mark because Mark, the gospel of Mark, uh, has a lot less rhetoric in it. Um, you know, on Jesus was this and not that blah, blah, blah. And it's more of like, you got a lot of his teachings and it's a little bit closer to gospel of Thomas. You don't start out with the whole fantastical mythos of Jesus, which I love. I mean, it's cool, right? But again, if you take that out, like let's just look at his teachings. You know, I said, if you love me, do which I do what I say. You know, uh, do the things that I'm telling you, right? Um, Truly, I tell you, the sons of men will be forgiven all sins and blasphemies, uh, as many they utter. And then we'll go to Mark 3, 29, and it goes on. And I'm reading the Greek version of it here, too. Um, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. He is guilty of eternal sin. Okay, so let's break this down. But whoever blasphemes comes from the word vilify, uh, specifically to, to speak impiously. So let's look at Strong's... 98 7 to slander to speak lightly or profanely of sacred things i speak evil against blaspheme abusive um blasphemo from blacks which means sluggish or slow uh refusing to acknowledge uh da, 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 da. yeah okay so there's that uh, and I've heard a lot of pastors talk on this, and I don't like any of their answers because none of them made sense. Hopefully this will make sense to everyone today because this is my best explanation of this. Blasphemes against the holy comes from Hagon, means set apart by or for. So let's look at Strong's Greek 40 comes from Hagos or ha uh, Hagios set apart by or for God, holy or sacred, and high ghost properly different, unlike or otherness, holy. And I take the word out of there, you know, by God or for God, because we got to look at a lot of these words as what is the neutral meaning of them to understand a neutral philosophical point of view that Jesus is speaking of. Um, and so I just simply look at holy as set apart. It is a set apart um, it doesn't stand within the material realm. It doesn't stand within doctrine or religion or traditions or whatever. It's it's a set apart thing. Okay, we like to think that organized religion has some sort of monopoly on holiness, when really the entire idea of holy is to be set apart from anything like that. Right. Um, 
So blasphemes a holy, so the set apart spirit. And this word is pneuma. Um, and pneuma, obviously, you can kind of see where that word is going. Uh, wind or spirit. Um, so the set apart spirit. So whoever blasphemes against the the set apart spirit. So um, blaspheme again uh, to speak against or what did we look at here in Greeks uh, Strong's Greek uh, da, 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 sluggish or slow. So if I were going to reinterpret this, I would say um, whoever is sluggish or slow or ignores the set apart wind, breath, or spirit will never be forgiven. He is guilty of an eternal, which is a perpetual sin. So how, you know, is this a one and done thing? Like guys, Jesus never spoke in things like that. Okay. So if we're to take, thank you for joining. Uh, really, really appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Um, you guys are awesome. Love. We, we got new members this week and we got new members today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, looking forward to meeting you. Uh, glad you got in before I close membership. So thank you. If you guys want to know more about my membership, you can go to my link in the profile or the bio at any point, go check it out. Super affordable. There's two different tiers of it. Pick what you want. You can look at all the value there. Um, we've got an incredible community. Don't miss out on the opportunity to engage with others with me, go through the coursework, um, all kinds of cool stuff. I'm not there to teach you a new religion or tradition. I'm not uh, trying to build some belief system. I just want to send you deeper into you and deeper into your communication with God. That's all I'm about, guys. So, um, Hence the Cub Cooker Supernatural podcast, because we talk about all things supernatural. So for me, guys, this is merely being slow to act. Uh, if you're slow to act and you're ignoring the set apart spirit and the idea that you have a set apart spirit within you and you don't focus on that set apart spirit and you don't work on building your spirit and connecting your spirit with God, then you're in a perpetual and eternal state of non-forgiveness and you'll be thrown right back into the lower realms, reincarnated on planet Earth or another low vibration planet where you're going to continue to suffer for all eternity until you figure it out out and that's what i personally believe guys that's why i love gnosticism that's why i think all of this stuff is esoteric and the bible only makes sense when we read it from an esoteric allegorical symbolic point of view that's why i love gnosticism unfortunately though we have two thousand years of tradition saying no this is all literal and if you don't literally believe this then you are right um and that's that's what I have to, that's what I have to say. So Raymond says, Kevin, have you heard of the esoteric interpretation of the book of Revelation and how does the roadmap of the anointing of Christ consciousness, Holy Spirit, seven churches, seven seals on the backside of the scroll, only Christ can open, uh, back referring to the 33rd vertebrae. Yes, I'm actually one of the first people, like seriously, one of the first people to put a video out about that. Uh, I did an entire video, I think a year ago on the book of revelation and the seven seals and the seven churches be in your chakras okay um that when i put that video i don't normally pat myself on the back but after i put that video out a lot of people started putting videos out i don't know why that wasn't on the internet i couldn't find it maybe there was stuff on it but i i couldn't find it i had that inspiration one day 
organically. It just hit me. Um, one of what I consider my true downloads. Right. And I was like, I got to do an episode on this. And it was like fly by night episode. Uh, I wrote the episode in like 10 minutes and went live with it. It was beautiful and transcendent and it just came to me and I detail exactly, exactly. Um, and I, I think I'm the only person I've seen. And if you find another video, somebody did it before me. I don't want to take credit from them. I'm just saying I had a download and it was beautiful. And I'm not saying the info wasn't out there before, but it was beautiful. And I detail exactly what each chakra is, what it does and exactly what that church, that lampstand, that angel, all have the correlation between all of that. And I went through each chakra and showed exactly what happens when this seal is broken and what happens within the self. Everything all the way to fire being poured out upon the flesh, upon the earth, right? When you reach your crown chakra and your third eye at the top. It was a beautiful, beautiful episode. Uh, Molly said that was a great episode. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I'll see if I can actually find it real quick. Um, no, I won't. I'll try to post it later. It'll take me a minute. Uh, but it is. It's a beautiful episode. It's over on my YouTube channel. Church, uh, search seven churches or seven chakras uh, revelation on my YouTube channel. And it's, it's fantastic. So... Um, Let's see. Raymond says, I don't know who did it first. Uh, it's all be the will of the spirit of wisdom. Amen, my friend. Amen. I'm not trying to take credit for anyone. I'm just saying I I, I do a lot of channeling and a lot of flowing on messages. And there are times I have downloads that are like, like revelatory downloads. That was one of them. So um, I just did want to share that. If you're going to watch an episode of mine that I think is inspired, go watch that one. And because I have not seen anybody put that out on the interwebs. Uh, prior to that and i haven't seen anybody do an episode that organized and uh explanatory yet i i think there's something to that and i think we've totally misinterpreted the book of revelation in my humble opinion i don't have it figured out by the way i had a one-time download on it <laughs> there it is go watch it um beyond that i have no idea what the rest of book of revelation means now we can go through it, continue to interpret it uh, metaphorically. You know, New Jerusalem could easily be a Merkaba, um, a light body, you know, coming down rather than a spaceship. I don't know. So uh, Katie, uh, Katie Robbins says, you did a great job. I saw your video at that time. Uh, it got me more into it. I highly recommend Santos Bonacci. Yeah, I love him. I love his work, especially his older works. Because your video led me to him. Uh, he makes the connection uh, to the canon ecclesiastical law, which really adds to the pre-biblical texts um, in the Bible, being reborn in the eyes of the law that you're... Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And Santos Bonacci is is beautiful. And he does, and I do, I stand corrected. He did actually talk about Book of Revelation being esoteric uh, long before I ever put a video out. So... Um, yeah, I don't want to sound, you know, cocky or anything like that. I, I am, I want people to know that that was a download though. Like go watch that video. I probably need to pin that video um, or, or re-update it or something because it was really good. And it was one of, it was a turning point for me. That's, that's merely why I'm trying to pump it up. Okay. Not to sound cocky, but for me, it was a huge turning point. It was an aha moment for me that was like what like huge huge aha moment for me so 
anyway, I, I try to be humble, guys. Sometimes you got to pat yourself on the back, though, because not everybody will do it for you. So uh, you got to love yourself and your neighbor, right? So um, let's see. Catherine, thank you for the follow. I appreciate you guys. Acadian Carpenter says, do you think that um, Anna the Seven Steeples was a channel? I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Um, I try to... I try to know it all, but that's nearly impossible. Um, I am pretty deep into Gnosticism, pretty uh, deep into the Anunnaki. I'm pretty deep into um, ancient astronaut theory. Um, and then I just got like a Manly P. Hall compendium, which I'm really looking forward to going through. Secret teachings of all ages. Um very deep into Book of Enoch. That's actually what I built a lot of my channel on is Book of Enoch theories. Um, and we're starting to go through that. And we're going to continue that this week, looking at it esoterically as the story of you and me, right? Um, and I've done a lot of ancient astronaut theory videos on that. I think I've done plenty of those for now to stand the test of time. But I want to get deeper into the esoteric side of stuff. So... All right, um, let me read some from Gospel of Thomas that are very rarely read online. Uh, everybody likes to read the ones I just read. Um, let me find... Yeah, Jesus said to them, If you fast, you will give rise to sin for yourselves. And if you pray, you will be condemned. And if you give alms, you will do harm to your spirits. When you go into any land and walk about in its districts, if they receive you, eat what they will set before you and heal the sick among them. For what goes into your mouth will not defile you, but that which issues from your mouth, it is that which will defile you. Now, this one's highly controversial, mainly because of the claim of healing the sick here. I mean, even in our modern time, we don't want to look at that, you know, that any of that was literal. I think we've we've flipped we've flipped things in the Bible and in, in the message of Jesus that should be taken literally or possibly did happen literally. And then we've taken things metaphorically like the healing. Oh, well, he healed their minds. He healed their spirit or whatever. Rather than he hacked the matrix and he was Neo and he realized that the spoon isn't real. Um you know, it's you, you bend yourself. I mean, even he told other people, your faith has healed you. You bent yourself around said ailment, right? Uh, that's not something you can teach online, by the way. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Because again, this is merely my opinion, not medical advice, not anything like that. Um, but, you know, go read it and then understand that a lot of what he's talking about beyond that is super esoteric. Um, and then a lot of yeah, we, we flip it. We like to flip-flop it. And it's really easy. Rather than get rid of the message altogether, just cut out anything that's questionable, flip-flop things, and reinterpret it for people. And then you limit the power that comes through it, right? Seven Shocker episode was on May 5th. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Molly, if you can grab a link to that, if you just saw it, like, hit the share and then drop it in the comments. That would be awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I need to add that. that that's an episode I need in every description, like go watch this episode because that's a great place to start. Thank you, my friend. Lisa says, hi, Jacob. Glad to find you. Thank you, Lisa, for being here. I appreciate you guys so much. 
Uh, welcome to the stream. If you love open-minded spiritual conversation that's still grounded and rooted uh, in things we can actually practice and a lot of things around the message of Jesus, but well outside the religious traditions, then you're in the right place. So, um, By the way, if you guys love what you're seeing, please consider supporting my channel with stars on Facebook. You can actually gift a little virtual stars and other gifts on Facebook. Um, that supports my channel, guys. It's a huge way to pump up what I'm doing. The more of those I get per episode, the more an episode gets out there, uh, the more money I get from it. Thank you for the lightning hands, honeybee. Um, over here on TikTok, we've got one of 20 of the supernatural power, the lightning hands. If you guys want to drop some of those, if I can just get to 20 today, that helps me earn my keep every day. This is my job, just like everybody. I'm not a pastor. I don't go to a church and ask for you know, to pass the plate or anything like that. I don't uh, go into a normal job every day. I do this. I write episodes. I prep. I study. Um, I help people. I work with our community. I do everything I can. This is my full-time endeavor. I love what I do. And you guys with the gifts, supers on YouTube, by the way, uh, you'll see the super button, uh, super chat, super sticker, or super thanks, whatever you choose. Those are great ways to support what I'm doing. And if you guys want an alternative to that, I do have a PayPal link on my website, the link in bio and profile. You can go down to the bottom of the page at www.cubkuker.com. Cubkuker.com is the official website and at Cubkuker on all socials. Guys, I really appreciate you all today. Uh, I have to meet family for lunch here in a little bit. So I want to take a couple more questions here. I'm going to read one more verse out of the gospel of thomas here after i explain this one uh so if you fast you will give rise to sin for yourselves what does that mean um if you're fasting what he's saying i think is you know you think you're doing something good spiritually and you're like oh i'm doing this thing rather than just approaching god and yoking with god if you pray you'll be condemned well because what do we do when we pray like i need this i need that god do this god do that you become the judge and jury of all things in that i this is the best version of reality for myself and this is what i you know rather meditation and manifestation where you're like here's the things i want but i'm completely open and i detach from the outcome of this and i allow the highest good to happen that's a whole different approach than what we're taught and how we normally pray right um, and you got to understand the way they prayed back then was very different than we do now. It was a more of an outward sign. A lot of people would pray on street corners to show how holy they were and, and, and whatnot. If you give alms, you will do harm to your spirits. Um, and guys, we got to understand giving alms wasn't just giving money to the church. Alms were actually given to statues and deities. You're giving gold and silver sacrifices, stuff like that. That's what he's actually talking about, too. When you go into the land and walk about it in the districts, if they receive you, eat what they will set before you uh, and heal them for what goes into your mouth. Um, for it is not what goes into your mouth that will defile you, but what issues from your mouth, it is that which will defile you. There was a big tradition, especially around this time with the Essenes and with Jesus and these more mystic traditions of the idea that nothing should be written down. You shouldn't say anything you don't want to exist. Um, and it was a very, very beautiful belief system, I think. The idea of writing something down was you were binding yourself in agreement with pen, paper, parchment, um, and you were creating that reality, right? 
Um, and so that's sorry, I lost comments on TikTok a minute ago. Thank you guys. Uh, Neo says, I'm glad I found you. Thank you, my friend. Um, so what this is, I think, guys, um, is he's reminding everyone, and this is why I think that these teachings might be more authentic because while these were written down, there's still purportedly a huge subset of teachings that Jesus had that never got written down, never got uh, anything but passed on and even passed on through the spiritual realm that we can still access today. So uh, I think once you get in tune with the spirit or the frequency of Christ, that's when you start to understand all of these things. And just at the beginning, you seek and you'll find like uh, part of my seeking was I said I was willing to give it all up and I meant my belief systems. I meant everything I thought was true up until that point. It was red pill, blue pill moment, right? Like like the Matrix movies. And I was like, here we go. Let's go down the rabbit hole. And I meant it. Like I was done. Like I'm done with all the stuff, right? I meant it. And uh, when you mean it and you really, you speak that agreement over the universe, guys, it is done. Like be careful what you ask for. And if you guys... If you guys would ask for the house, the car, the husband, the wife, the relationship, whatever, any of your 3D needs, if you would ask for that in the tone that I did that day, guys, you'd wake up the next morning and have whatever you needed. Like it's it's crazy the frequency I was in this day because I was just pushed to it so deeply and authentically. And I haven't really gotten back into that frequency again with any of the things I've asked for um, because I've really, I've understood that none of that really matters as much. It's more about my daily experience and enjoyment and journey of what I'm on. Um, and when we can get into that place of like full agreement with something, guys, it changes everything. Chinzo says, definitely, absolutely. Emotion is the fuel for your consciousness. Amen, Neo. Absolutely, brother. So that's what I personally believe. And I think that's a big part of what this message um, is teaching here in, in the Gospel of Thomas. So... Um, let's see, Jesus, this is, this is a, this is a challenging one here. Jesus said, if you do not fast in regards to the world, you will not find the kingdom. If you do not observe the Sabbath as a Sabbath, you will not see the father. Okay. Now he's not talking about taking one day a week off here. He's talking about a Sabbat, an actual escape. If you do not what Jesus is literally teaching in this, I believe, is meditation. If you do not fast from the world, shut down the inhibitions, shut down the biological computer in a safe, controlled manner. That's why I like meditation and not any kind of illicit drugs or legal ones or whatever, you know, med plant medicines or whatever. I mean, to each their own. I'm not here to tell you what to do. Uh, but for me, I like meditation because it's controllable. I can shut down exactly what I need. I can shut down the worry of the moment. I can do it in five seconds, five minutes, 50 minutes, whatever I want, five hours. It's up to me, right? And to shut down the world and observe the Sabbath as a Sabbath and actually go to God. And I do that every day. I observe every day as a Sabbath, right? Um, not as like, oh, I can't go work. I can't do this stuff. But like I've built and designed a life where I can be spiritual every day. And I think that if everybody did that and quit making excuses, we'd have a whole different world, right? Chenzo says heaven is a state of consciousness. 
he means you will not enter into the seventh dimension i think yeah absolutely absolutely uh the seventh heaven what is the seventh heaven seventh chakra what does that connect to the seventh dimension right um i mean yeah it, it all makes sense it all becomes clear um okay let's i'm trying to find another good one jesus said i took my place in the midst of the world and i appeared to them in flesh i found all of them intoxicated i found none of them thirsty and my soul became afflicted by the sons of men because they are blind in their hearts and do not have sight for empty they came into the world and empty too they shall seek to leave the world but from the moment they are intoxicated but for the moment they are intoxicated when they shake off their wine then they will repent okay he is not talking about actual wine here he's talking again this is esoteric he's talking about the idea that you enter the world and you adopt all the things of the world and you're taught all the systems and you're taught what you should want and what you should look like and how you should dress and how you should feel and how you should act and all the things right and you become intoxicated by it this is like this is life and i'm seeking happiness in life i'm seeking my own whatever but you don't stop to deprogram long enough to realize that you've just been made drunk by all of these things in life all the shiny plastic things all the stuff in the media all the tv all the stuff you know when's the last time you stopped and read a book that challenged you like this gnostic bible or something and you went wait a minute I want to open the eyes of my heart and see truly what is actually going on. That doesn't mean that you're getting angry at anything or that you're, you know, uh, you know, oh, everything's going to blank in a hell basket. All right. Yeah. Well, I said the same word. Everything's going to hell in a handbasket. That's the old saying, right? Um, it doesn't mean you do that. It means that um, you go, wait a minute. I've been fooled. Ah good one world good one that's all you have to do you don't have to get angry you don't have to get mad you don't have to revolt against the system or anything like a lot of these people teach that's not what i teach guys it's not what i believe to me the biggest the biggest thing that we can do is to become aware of ourselves when we become aware of ourselves guys it changes everything it changes everything in our reality Jesus said, where there are three gods, they are gods. Where there are two or one, I am with them. No idea what that one means. That's why this stuff is heretical. That's why this stuff isn't in the Bible. A city being built on a high mountain or fortified wall cannot fall, nor can it be hidden. Preach from your housetops that which you will hear in your ear. For no one lights a lamp and puts it under a bushel, nor does he put it in a hidden place, but rather he sets it on a lampstand so that everyone who enters and leaves will see its light. You know, Jesus didn't walk around going, you know, go tell other people about Jesus and how much they need Jesus. No, he taught these deep, esoteric, mystical teachings that most people didn't understand and that we still debate about today. But when you're in the spirit, when you're in the quantum, when you're in the meditation, when you're outside of the material world and you choose to go to that place, you begin to slightly 
start to understand some of these things. And the more you do it, the more you get it. And the more you want to share it, because you're like, no, 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 that's not literal. Quit arguing about the literal interpretation of this. And let's practice the allegorical, the symbolic, the spiritual adaptation of this in our lives every day. Jesus said, if a blind man leads a blind man, they will both fall into a pit. Of course, we know what he was commentating on there. It is not possible for anyone to enter the house of a strong man and take it by force unless he binds his hands and then he will be able to ransack the house. I think he's talking here about the Yaldabaoth, the Demiurge, uh, the fact that it is bound the hands of everyone in this world. You know, it's blinded everyone in this world. Um, and now you can overrun the house, right? Like everybody, you've tied up everyone's power. You've taken just enough meaning out of it. You've reinterpreted it. You've built this system over 2,000 years, 5,000 years, 10,000 years, 100,000 years. We don't know, right? However long the illusion has been going on, this demiurge, the devil, whatever you want to call it, Hasatan, the accuser, has been ransacking the house. When do we realize our hands aren't really tied? Right? One of my favorite lines, and I'm going to end with this. I'll take a couple more questions. One of my favorite lines that I think harkens back to this line is in the Marvel movie. Um, with Brie Larson. Um, Captain Marvel. There's too many Marvel movies that have the name Marvel in them. Uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of mixed opinions on that movie. I love that movie. I loved it because it was her coming of age story. It was her realization. It was her God power moment when she has her hands and she thinks they're tied behind her back and she pulls them up and then she tells the God in the machine at that point i won't i'll try not to ruin it but she says um i've been playing with one hand tied behind my back the entire time and she pulls this little chip off of her neck that was helping throttle her power back and guys i think that's exactly what this line is about realize 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 you know that saying right what's up ann Lindsay? how are you my friend Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace, but the sword of truth. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I try not to PO anybody. I mean, that's that's the whole point. I also claim, I don't claim to have the truth. I think truth speaks for itself. I think asking the right questions, people find their own truth. I also think that there's something really weird about this reality. The truth is completely subjective to your point of view. Um, and everybody's supposed to find their own truth. Not one truth, not the truth. I don't know that those answers will ever actually come. I think that literally my truth and your truth are different. And the more people are in agreement about their truth, the more we see it in reality. If you want to shift reality, redefine truth and re-agree on what that truth is. I've seen it happen. Go look at timeline shifts. Go look at Mandela effects. Go look at mass agreement. They don't want you to know this. Go look at mass agreement. When do we figure out our debts are already paid? Katie says, amen. Amen, my friend. Absolutely. 
I mean, the hidden teachings that weren't meant to come out. Exactly. Exactly. No, I know what you meant. I just have to, every time that word truth comes up, I always have to, I always got to say something. I always got to say something. Uh, don't forget, check out the Mythos community over on my website, www.cubkuker.com, cubkuker.com, link in bio, profile, and description. You can join the Mythos community or the Mythos Academy membership. Both memberships are fantastic. You can cancel anytime you like. Uh, they are half price right now, 50% off, and you can get even more off if you buy a year up front. You can join the Mythos community. You can get access to our office social media community. It's our private community. We have chats going on over there. It's all categorized with different color-coded categories so that you can look up different subjects. You can start conversations in different subjects. Uh, we have our Zoom meetups every weekend. We just had one yesterday. Um, there's also social hours on Wednesday night right now. And then a book club starting back in January. Uh, that's completely run by some of our moderators. Thank you guys for doing that. And then I also have bonus videos over there, and I'm adding a complete resource section where you guys will be able to find a lot of these sacred texts, my interpretations of them, um, and a lot more content on different frameworks and stuff like that. So it's going to be a fantastic way for you to get more involved, whether you have an hour a week, five minutes a week, 10 hours a week, whatever you want to invest uh, in yourself. This is a great way get it on lockdown and uh, go ahead and become a member. And um, even if you don't have time to use it right now, you know, you're locked in uh, and the price won't go up on you. I don't go up on people. I will go up on the public price for new members later uh, after I come back after the beginning of the year and reopen memberships. Uh, but you'll be locked in at that price. So please consider joining. Again, it's the only way I can really help you. Um, not that I'm your guru or anything, but I can support you. I can encourage you. I can connect you with other people in there. We're all like a co-mentor community. Uh, we are not a commune. We're not a cult. We're nothing like that. I'm not teaching you my perfect belief system. I'm just there to connect you and give you freedom and space, um, and just a safe space to explore, ask questions. I can give you more resources, just connect you with more of the things I'm vibing on. Other people will connect you with what they're vibing on. Uh, guys, we have new members all the time. And I, I continually have members that'll join and reach out to me and be like, I, I can't believe I didn't join before now. So do yourself a favor. Get in before the holidays. Uh, your family may not understand some of this stuff that we talk about, but I promise you, you share a dream in there. You share an experience. You share a question. Somebody's going to reach out uh, and offer you some encouragement and support. And nobody's going to go you know, oh, you're lost. Oh, you're blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a great, great community. So please consider joining. Thank you guys so much for watching today. Um, I appreciate everybody. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. God bless you. I love you. Hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, enjoy a Sunday. Get outside. Enjoy some fresh air. Courtney says, thank you, dear sir. Thank you, Courtney, for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you, Mario. Thank you, Honeybee. Thank you, Neo. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, XO. Chenzo, thank you for being here. Appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you all over here on Facebook as well. Rebecca, Anne, um, Katie, Molly, Lisa, thank you over on YouTube. 
Uh, we had some other people on YouTube. Mr. Mortal, thank you guys so much. Appreciate y'all. Raymond, thank you for being here. Anyway, I'm sure I missed a lot of people, but love you guys. David, thank you, man. David Peacock, you have a beautiful day, my brother. I love you, man. Uh, you guys have an awesome, awesome day. I mean that. When I say have an awesome day, I'm speaking spells over y'all. Go have an awesome day, a day that is full of awe and wonder and beautiful miracles and glory. I love you guys. Peace. <laughs>